0: cast. Right, so we decided to do our own podcast.
1: We thought it'd be fun to start to, you know, since we're such a small studio, we come from a big studio, we're a small studio, and you know, I think we do miss a bit of, we do, we miss, we miss people, and um, it's a great excuse for us to get together with friends, and meet new friends, and meet people we respect in the industry, um, so we decided to do this uh, podcast, which I'm super excited about our
0: I think in general, like you and I, like talking. Like especially you, uh, you talk a lot. Like we're so passionate about animation and film and the community, what's happening in industry. And I think it's the idea is like we share that passion mm-hmm. with all the stuff that we talk about all the time. You talk all the time, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so the first, <laughs> first one, yeah. who,
1: who did we invite? Right. So timing actually was super coincidental Mm. but on the day of the academy nominations being announced we happened to invite ronnie del Carmen, and ronnie del Carmen, in case you don't know if you don't know is uh well most recently the co-director of inside out right but ronnie has an amazing history in the animation industry
0: he's i think it's fair to say he's one of the best storytellers in the business right like we i think anyone who knows Roni says the same thing i think he is one of the best storytellers mm-hmm. um, he came up with a lot of the greatest moments in animation history like the moment the in married, up, life. married life in up <laughs> um, and of course you know inside out he was one of the writers and one of the directors one of the uh, co-directors of the film
1: You and Ronnie have quite, I mean, Ronnie I met when I
0: started at Pixar, but you and Ronnie have done quite a few things together. So yeah, we, you know, outside of Pixar, like we did a couple of projects together. Mm -hmm. One is the Total Forest Project, this big charity auction event I did with Enrico Casarosa and Ronnie Del Carmen, and also sketch travel, you know, Ronnie was one important aspect of the project, uh, especially after we built the library in... Cambodia and Sri Lanka and all the other countries in each in Asia We actually went to visit Ronnie and I went to visit the libraries and met those kids who benefited nice. from the libraries and also we Did this training workshop of the children's book illustrators in Cambodia and Sri Lanka So, you know, we I spent a lot of time together with Ronnie and he's just such a Charisma like he has this charisma and he just brings people together and he's such a storyteller and it's a really interesting guy.
1: So here's our podcast from Ronnie Del, with Ronnie Del Carmen on the morning that he had just found out he was nominated. We were actually, fortunately, the first people uh, to really get to interview him after his nomination. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hope you enjoy.
0: Great, all right, you just roll Yeah, yeah. Well, today is uh, January 14th, 2016. And this morning, we had this great news that your movie Inside Out got nominated for the Oscars. Yes, yeah.
2: it was so early in the morning. It was <laughs> five thirty
0: in the morning. <laughs> Were you up?
2: Were you sleeping? No, I kind of woke up. I don't know what it was. Something nudged me when I was mm. asleep. I was like, you—you mm. you didn't try to be with Pete and. Uh, no, we—we we didn't talk about it, and I well, kind of like woke up without knowing it, and then I'm thinking, like, what time is it? and then i realized that wait wasn't something happening today <laughs> <laughs> and then i put it on so i had to hear it that was great it was wonderful Super exciting. i got Thanks. really nervous you did i got really nervous just when the category was being announced i got like my heart started racing mm-hmm. what's going on what I, what's up why am i doing this so I you were know.
0: watching so they did the same thing as last year they, there, they had a there, television. No, no there's a there's a
2: streaming yeah thing yeah thing online i just i just typed it in I was like oh yeah. and then i got really nervous it just made me feel like my nervous nervous about what i have no idea oh uh, yeah it was totally out of the blue i just felt like why am i nervous uh, my life will change one way or the other but i'm i'm happy it went our way mm-hmm. we got nominated for best animated Feature and I, along with our friends uh, Pete Doctor, Josh Kuli, Meg Lefauve, and myself, got nominated for Best Original Screen. Yeah, it's yeah, a big, big deal. deal. Yeah, it's awesome. Congratulations. So, congratulations. Thank you. Well Thank deserved. you. And I'm glad that we all got to meet just to congratulate me because <laughs> <it's> not, <laughs> no, it is, really. that's not exactly why you, you didn't ask me over for that. Although so the timing is really timing good. timing was amazing. amazing. I,
0: this is actually your official press uh, interview after the nomination. This is the first one. Oh, yeah. From yeah. this morning at 5.30, this is actually a
2: sanctioned Pixar podcast. That's Sanction. Awesome. Right. Sanctioned. Yeah. Tunko
0: House. Yay.
1: Well, so how did you feel, Ronnie? after, so you were nervous leading up to it? I was, no, no, the... it was
2: just as soon as they started to announce it, because there are other categories ah, yeah. that they have to announce, yeah. and I was really kind of chill, because I was in my event. It was like nice and comfy, you know. <laughs> I was just watching on a laptop. And then all of a sudden, as they've started to say, for uh, best animated feature, I started getting... And then after that, I had to wait for the next round of, mm-hmm. uh, of nominations, which another... Uh, oh, the screenplay came after? Uh, um, yeah, first anima- uh, First it was animated feature, and I felt like, yeah, that was pretty good, A lot, But when it came time to, to reading out the uh, best uh, original screenplay nominees, then my heart really went... And I'm thinking,
0: what's going on? I better not have a heart attack. <laughs> Did you actually... <laughs> Have a feeling, or did you guys talk at Pixar that the categories that most likely you guys would be nominated would be those two, or what? what no, there were a couple of
2: categories. One of them would be uh, best picture. Yeah. So uh, there were a number of scenarios that they were talking about. I try not to listen to it because mm. it just kind of like monkeys mm, with yeah. my brain. But um, once that option for. Um, uh, best animated screenplay was always being bandied about as if like this might actually come up this might actually come Mm. up I started no no I don't want to think about it but that was that was one of those things that we had a good shot at it Mm. let's just say and it it showed up as a nomination
0: it's amazing yeah congratulations thank you thank you awesome I'm very happy it's really interesting, uh, the, the Oscar category. I don't know if you had a chance to check out all the other feature animated features, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, outside of Inside Out, all the other nominees are either independent or foreign animated films, which I think, so. I think it must be the first time that the Oscar feature film <coughs> nominations just so much focused on you know, yeah. indie. Yes. Theater. It's a diverse so pool. Cool. Yeah. Yes. I'm which so is really exciting. I'm so excited about that yeah. because it
2: seems like in our own category that there's a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. There are very powerful uh, movies that are out there that are being made independently, which gives, you know, a, a lot of us hope that, you know, um, there are major statements and points of views that can be expressed in animation that's not just about you know trying to release a blockbuster movie Mm -hmm. it's always going to be part of our our roster of of things to choose from Mm -hmm. but the animation offerings are getting more varied.
0: Absolutely (laughs) and you know inside out uh, despite the fact that it's a big studio blockbuster success it's a very different it's unlike any other you know US you know big Bunch mm-hmm. of movies. you mm-hmm. Out oh, is already like a very kind of uh, unique kind of storytelling. It is. Uh, I, I, we, when we were making it, we were always wondering if
2: we were trying something that might be challenging the limits of what you can actually make in a summer mm-hmm. animated feature release mm-hmm. because it was very high concept. It felt like it was not mm-hmm. only going to be challenging but the audience is to actually kind of stick with you. Mm -hmm. We were wondering if they will just feel like this is too strange. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what's happening. So we had a lot of work ahead of us and and thankfully we succeeded enough that the audiences came to watch the movie and appreciate it and that uh, we believe that at least from all the people I've spoken to even people who are experts in the um, human mind Mm -hmm. and emotions. We've gotten an award from the uh, Columbia University um, Global Mental Health
0: Program
2: and wow. the World Health Organization oh, wow. for having made um, um, Inside Out because they tell us, these are the professionals, yeah. these are the scientists, yeah. wow. they actually have their own language set. They're talking in English, and yet I have no idea what they're talking about. But they're very generous, and when they talk about the impact of this movie, they actually want to... Mm. you have no idea how much you've helped our cause our cause is we want to talk to the rest of the planet about mental health Mm. and yet they have a hard time actually even starting the conversation right and Inside Out has this byproduct of making that conversation easier for Mm. their industry their Mm. profession Mm -hmm. so that people can actually have something that they can reference when they want to talk about
0: this is how I'm feeling or this
2: is what I'm going through it's just and not being the goal of the movie from the beginning it feels like as a byproduct it made you feel like wait this is the one movie that actually seems to be helping people Mm -hmm. in a very real way Mm -hmm. so that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm so glad to be part that's of it.
0: I'm so cool. Lucky to win
1: win that lottery.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I think it, that's what's so amazing. You know, us both being from Pixar as oh, yeah, well, yeah. knowing how much time and effort goes into research and mm-hmm. kind of portraying things not just for the masses, but mm-hmm. for people who are in the industry of mm-hmm. how the mind works and all
2: that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, did you guys do any like trips or? No, this is the one this is the one production like other productions where you feel like you feel like, oh, I'm gonna go and do research. Actually it was just like FaceTime, <laughs> Skype, people in rooms. People in rooms, look at us. We're, we're in like, a room and we're gonna be talking to people who are psychiatrists, psychologists, and neurologists wow. and did, all the time and that's we're trying to understand each other.
0: You did go to uh Night live.
2: We went to Saturday Night Live yeah. uh, to understand their writing and creating process. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. Uh, cool. Well, because we had Bill Hader, yeah. who, was, who was very generous in not only inviting us, but being a great partner in creating some of these car- early versions of these characters. We were very curious of how they actually um, write. The culture of writing in, in, in uh, SNL, and by extension, writing for TV's, Uh, for sketch comedy and then learning from uh, some of our cast members like Mindy Kaling and and Amy Poehler they they write for series TV Mm -hmm. and we learned a lot about how the writing process is for these various projects and it's always amazing that we have a lot in common with Mm -hmm. them as as creators and writers Mm -hmm. our timetables are different so it kind of forces you to actually do something a little different in terms of when you have to have the output, but the actual kind of interaction mm-hmm. in our story rooms is the same. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's the same animal. There, there, are, there are different kinds of specialities where they actually become more specific. But that was really encouraging, that mm-hmm. the, the writing process that, they, that we have at, at Pixar and in these other um,
0: studios and other groups inspired. Well, the Inside Out being your first feature film co-directing. I would love to touch upon your uh, career a little bit, you know, okay. how Robert and I were talking earlier that uh, even before we came to Pixar, we knew of you, you know, It's you... from my criminal record. Like. Mostly, <laughs> mostly, 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 yeah, yeah right? The, yeah. It's that it's the shot infamous with the of, 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 Yeah, you know, yeah, okay. serious, <laughs> serious, serious, yeah. Um, I'm curious uh, if you could talk a little bit about that. Like, you you grew up in the Philippines. Yes. Um, and then how did you come to America and how did you get into animation? I mean, you were in comic book world as well, mm-hmm. pretty well known. I don't know if you could just talk a little bit about... I mean, did
1: your art bring you to the States? No, yeah. my,
0: my dad had migrated to the U.S. on a long
2: shot to um, uh, migrate to the U.S. because life was very hard in the Philippines. So he, 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 he went on a working, uh, a working visa. And he applied for, uh, to be an immigrant. And while that's happening, I was in, in the Philippines. And um, because life was hard and it was difficult to actually get into art school, I had to wait for <laughs> so this money. And then I went to art school. I majored in advertising because there was no such mm-hmm. thing as an animation industry that is reliable in the Philippines back then. It's a long time ago. Anyway, by the time I got to um, the US, I was thinking that I was going to go and do advertising work, mm. you know, art director, do comps for ads and, mm. and stuff. But uh, there were no jobs like that that I could find because the entry level for that means that you have some kind of pedigree in the advertising business here in the US. And I don't have that, I have a pedigree from the Philippines. So my friends were saying, it's like, um, maybe you should try um, animation. And was like, no, thanks. Mm. I don't know anything about animation. Really, I know nothing about animation. In fact, I don't even want to do animation. Mm. If there's one thing I know I can't do because I don't know anything about this it, animation. I fell into it because a friend of mine had said that you should go and try this one job at Deke, and it was Stéphane Martinier, who's this amazing artist from, from France, uh, had needed an assistant to an art director for this one show, I won't name the show, Yes, the show is Where's Waldo? Anyway, and then, and he trained me for two and a half months to be his assistant. And that's still not enough time, but then after that, I, I fell into, and lucky again, I worked on Batman, the animated series, as a storyboard artist. And from there, I kind of w- went to DreamWorks, and from DreamWorks, I wanted to go to Pixar, but it seems like that was a long shot. Mm-hmm. Because Pixar is up here in Emeryville, mm-hmm. I was in Los Angeles, and they may not want me. But I, they heard me. I worked on Finding Nemo. And then from then on, and, you know, I worked on various movies after that. It, was, it wasn't planned. I don't have any training in animation. I don't animate. Mm-hmm. I do storyboards and storytelling. I learned kind of on the job about storytelling. It's the thing about being in those rooms. You're in a room with Andrew. You're in a room with Pete. You're in the room with John. You learn about writing mm-hmm. and you're, you're learning from a lot of other people, like sometimes we have writers who are assigned to these movies and then you learn about their cadences and their inclinations, mm-hmm. opportunities and you adopt a lot of them and then kind of become this person that is writing and directing and creating Were you always interested in writing or the storytelling? or before I you was but I was never quite giving myself any kind of cr- credit for any of it. It was kind of like, you know, it would be nice to learn it, because I always felt back then that you needed to be graduating from a course, you know, that said that you are now an artist, you are now a writer. And if you um, don't, then that means nobody can call you that. But um, because I work on these movies, and then people give me these assignments that meant that I have to write, design, storyboard, and direct. Then after that, you know, you get the credit and people don't ask you anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel like, wow, I kind of backed into this mm-hmm.
0: career without really meaning to. There was no plan. <laughs> it, it seems crazy. Like, I think there are a lot of people, especially young people, and including people like us who are trying to be storytellers now, you mm-hmm. know, in our kind of uh, late in our or well, midpoint mid of our career. But... um you know, obviously, a lot of people want to get into story or storytelling uh, part of filmmaking. I'm curious how your upbringing influenced your storytelling, hmm. too. I
2: wonder about that all the time.
0: Um, I think that
2: I was always fascinated with movies. Mm. I love watching like watching TV. I was kind of glued to the TV when I was a kid. My mom would get mad because I can't be broken from the trance. Mm. like, what? Wow. It's like you watch these cartoons a thousand times, and monster movies, sci-fi movies, and then reading books. Uh, so I was kind of like a folk pledged nerd, not a sport kid. Mm. I suck at basketball, and for a Filipino, that's really bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Filipino male can't play basketball; they will want to revoke your citizenship. <laughs> you know you're an embarrassment <laughs> frankly um, so I just like reading and, and, and mm. drawing for myself and that's also because there's no not a lot of encouragement back then it mm. was a long time ago there was nothing you can't talk to another artist mm. If I walked a thousand miles around where I lived, I wouldn't bump into an art- another artist. Mm. There was no one to talk to. Mm. There was no value system to regard it. In fact, my dad was worried for me that mm, this one seems to be drawing a lot. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> but I think that that part of my life that was about like wanting to read and wanting to draw, uh, self-motivation, just didn't leave me mm-hmm. in spite of a lot of very discouraging signs that says I shouldn't do it but when I got into studios um, people would tell me that uh, I was doing something right without the instruction mm-hmm. to do it that people would go and it's like I really liked what you did with this part of the movie it's like really what exactly did I do? <laughs> mm-hmm. I've done that with, with other directors who would tell me this like um like sequences in a movie and I would have done it and then I'd be like, This is great. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're doing this thing for the movie that we didn't think about. It's like I didn't think twice about it. I like I thought what, that's what you were asking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was mysteriously kind of accessing things that I didn't think I was after. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, my first director was Brenda Chapman, actually, had been mm. telling me this, like, you just did this sequence that helped the movie kind of get its focus about mm-hmm. these relationships. I felt like, that's great. I had no idea that's what I was doing. <laughs> I had no idea that's what mm-hmm. you were asking for. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do this, but I will try and do that more mm-hmm. of so that. So, that is the that is the learning thing about it. it. It's like you need that kind of feedback yeah. from people.
1: I mean, Ronnie, your work at Pixar while we were there, you know I, know, I know you for always doing that sincere moment that a film is built upon. You know, the kind of like married life sequence mm-hmm. and up obviously is like the one that immediately comes to my mind and just the thought of it gets so many people emotional and there's a connection between, you know, your. I mean, you... In my mind, it's like, oh, if you need a sequence that you're gonna build a film upon, Ronnie Del Carmen is the man. And, but there's something <laughs> about so. uh, the personal connection mm-hmm. that I think everyone feels. And I think, you know, in our storytelling, in, in what we're trying to do, that's like where we're trying to start is this personal connection mm-hmm. between the story we're trying to tell, what I mean, you're kind of, you're kind of saying, like, I, I did this thing, I don't know how, but that personal connection, can you talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit, like in, in, in developing a sequence or mm-hmm. telling a story, mm-hmm. like your personal connection
2: to the work? Mm-hmm. I think that's the right phrase for it, personal connection, because a lot of the times it's, there's, it, there's a mission that you're given when you're in a big production. It's kind of asking it to fit into this kind of square Mm. it has to do this and it has to do it here and then once they once we've organized it that way it's like well obviously you know, this is where the emotional low of the movie or this is the emotional high of the movie and that becomes kind of like a project now because it, the first thing that you will do is kind of like do the kind of knee jerk surface things mm-hmm. make it look and behave like what you said it was going to look and behave like and for most people in the audiences and will recognize that your first inclinations will, will probably recognize what that is but will not feel it. Mm-hmm. They'll see it kind of like and not feel it or not feel that it's authentic. The thing that at least that's helped me over the years is that to understand like what would that character be going through and how will they well how will that moment happen if they're really going through this. And then if I was that person who's going to go through this, what was I going to be doing? And then so I have one hat wherein I'm the character and the other hat is I'm also the director and writer wherein I gotta choose how to make myself, if I was the director, present so that I could capture what that's what's going on. I'm almost going to feel like if I was there as a live action mm. shoot. And if, let's just say it's Carl at the end of the second act. of, 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 of And um, when we did that, it was an outline that essentially had to happen here. it just has to be something that we're going to do. And then Bob gave me the outline. And then I just kind of ran with it. So I placed myself in that situation. And I placed my father in that situation, who was not well during that time. And it just kind of flowed from that experience because my dad was Mm -hmm. very very ill and I kind of saw my father at that moment Mm -hmm. because we have family albums too Mm -hmm. then I would visit him in the hospital and I would show Mm -hmm. him either my sketchbook or my sequences and so I have something to start with so the way I move in the sequence as the behavior of my dad and then also how I move there as the person who's shooting it, this is at least one way I did it, is that I would be very, very careful not to disturb the process of the, of the performer, mm. because there, so I'm gonna to have to kind of like make sure that I don't, I don't cut, mm. I'm gonna go and just like roll this moment, let it happen, and I wanna prepare for it so that my other camera is pointed at Carl in a, in a longer lens, So that whenever all of that is happening, I'm not going to move the camera. I'm going to be very quiet and make sure there's not many people around. So how you behave when you're, that's me too, is how I behave towards the subject, shows up in how I present it. So that sequence kind of like behaves as if like, you're going to be there with Carl. and You try not to intrude on this moment. Right, so you're going to have to kind of like be careful where you put your camera, mm-hmm. right? And there are high moments to it, to it, when he starts to recover from and then finds his epiphany, and you change your, mm-hmm. your, your tact, and that's just feeling that out. You feel like, well, I, I think that moment over here has started to kind of lighten. He's arrived at a conclusion, mm-hmm. so you change again. So all of those things is kind of like just desires on mm-hmm. your part. You don't know if it's really going to do that or if it's going to mean to anything to anybody else. So I try and make that real for me as if I was being with the person who's going through it and then also being the person who's going through it. And hopefully it, it, it kind of connects to audiences. That's incredible. Yeah, that's...
1: It's incredible because I feel like Uh, at least for us, we, you know, we always place ourselves, try to place yourself in the character, but you're almost talking about placing yourself in the character, placing yourself in the scene, you actually are shooting the scene Mm -hmm. as if it were real, all in your head, feeling that emotion out through all of it, which totally makes sense, but,
2: um, yeah, it's inspiring, it's awesome. I I would encourage anyone who's doing like animation or doing any kind of storytelling and because I I don't like it because it's not my nature take acting classes Mm -hmm. acting classes are excruciating for people who don't want to be actors Mm -hmm. but you learn a lot of tools by taking an acting class Mm -hmm. if you take an acting class you'll be forced into situations where you resist it you will argue Mm -hmm. against it but then if you have a good acting teacher and and Judith Weston was one uh, I took one of her classes Um, it forced me not only out of my comfort level but she made me understand what the process of a real actor is Mm -hmm. that now you know what you're going through as you're handling a scene Mm -hmm. and how you're connecting to Mm -hmm. another character and it's absolutely fascinating what you will go through take acting classes take improv classes so that you can be quick and and be uh, able to be off balance and still be creative but the acting class allows you to understand that once you actually assume and learn the tools of the actor it helps you be a great writer, director, performer. It teaches you to be a little more fearless. and Also, there's this magical spot wherein, if you're actually so in the moment of what's going to happen, where you're telling a story or becoming a character, the world kinda of disappears. Mm-hmm. There's just no I I've been in, in that one session, I was in a scene, a long scene, that that we had uh rehearsed for and it was just which was not a lot of days, it's like mm-hmm. be on the stage, mm-hmm. perform. And then there was a point where the audience was laughing and laughing their head off and it wasn't a funny moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But they were but the dirt the, the director is Judas has actually switched the other actor's role mm. without telling me to keep me even more off balance. Mm. And everyone else was laughing, but I can almost hear the laughter. I couldn't feel oh, really? any of them. I was just reacting to the other person in the scene and I was trying to... I was frustrated mm. with this other person. Who, who I was trying to explain that, you know, that we were in a, a kitchen scene and I was trying to open the cupboards, imaginary course, and then going through the the, the, the points of, of the moment. And this person was just completely frustrating me. All the while, all the audience members were laughing. And I'm not an actor. And it was like, and after the scene happened, I had this look at everybody and now I can hear them. They're really, they've been disclosed. So I was like, I said, what's going on? Why are you all just laughing, the director came up to me and was like, the scene was designed between a husband and wife. Yes. So I told your acting partner to perform it as if she was your mother. Mm. (laughs) Mm. So and they were, the audience was laughing because they, because the director was like, this is a scene between a mother and a son. (laughs) Mm. But I was let you in that, you know, Ronnie is going to be performing it differently. So he's mm-hmm. going That's to, awesome. if he actually understood what was happening. If he's reacting to the partner, he's just going to react to the moment that was going to mm-hmm. be given by the other actor. So I did not know. So everything I rehearsed wasn't really quite as valid mm-hmm. as before, but I was reacting to the, what's going on? I was reacting to my mom.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That made me understand what the validity of. Uh, those lessons mm. are for creative people because we are filming uh, the tradition of acting and actors. Yeah. Great tools. Awesome. That's, That's great. great. That's great. I know acting classes at Tonko House tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Sitting across the, the chair and talking to each other. Your eyes are blue. My yeah. eyes are blue. Your <laughs> eyes are blue. My eyes are blue. <laughs> that's awesome what's next for you uh, i don't know actually I, I i'd love to to go on a time machine and mm. find out what i do after all the award seasons because that's it kind be of long it yeah. kind of kind of distorts yeah. the lens a lot mm. Absolutely. and you just don't know where the ground is for a little bit i'm yeah. told it's already the beginning and because i like working i really understand my world when I have something that I'm working towards when I'm building something and especially I get that tunnel vision of what you're working on uh, I want to recover that Yeah. but right now uh, I'm, I'm I'm in a position at Pixar where they gave me this promotion a while back where I'm, I'm supposed to be helping out other productions kind of like if they needed my help they could just go over there and help out mm. so I've been doing that it's great it's fun but I'm not part of the team, so none of the big stress is with me. Mm-hmm. But I get to do what I do, and then, then I leave. So far that's been still the mission, and, and I'm, I've designed a storytelling class that I beta tested at mm-hmm. Pixar. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's for everybody who's not a story artist.
0: Everybody who's not at Pixar
2: too? Uh, actually, it's just so far <laughs> because I'm beta testing with <laughs> Pixar money. <laughs> so I got Eric O as one of my tests, my, yeah. my uh, beta test he's my guinea pig mm-hmm. and I had another person uh, so there's three of them mm-hmm. one of them was the person who was just helping me set it up she, she's in in, in in production kind of mm. and then I made her go through it <laughs> and all of them were having a great time so I learned a lot in just like six days so that that was that was enormous I felt like this is what I was trying to and uh, you don't need to be drawing with it. They'll be drawing it but you don't need to be an artist. What I want is for you to be a storyteller. Mm. And they were very happy at mm. the end of it. Mm. Their faces changed, their stance with it is a little more relaxed. Think, like, because when they started, they were like, mm-hmm. at the end of six days, like, they were. Mm. Awesome. so willing and, and feeling liberated and I feel like that's I didn't do that you guys did the work it was fun yeah I did that I help out in other projects in the periphery at Pixar kind of like trying to find out how our technology is you know um, going to be used for whatever technology is out there is going to be used for storytelling I love doing that too because it feels like I wonder how else we can turn
0: these things Mm -hmm. okay let's find out I mean you know like obviously uh, you know I've been pretty close to you and you know we went travel I know we went to Cambodia
2: and Sri Lanka together that was so awesome you know we almost we got run out of a public market for drawing (laughs) that was kind of scary right Uh, we danced by the river in Cambodia. We went. We ate tarantula together. We ate... Uh, I tried to actually have Dice eat the, all of the tarantula. He tasted one of the legs. Just he the chickened leg. out on me. You ate the... I
0: the ate body. the big bulb of the tarantula.
2: It was kind of mealy and tasty, if you wanted to know that. The reason why I wanted
0: to bring up was that, uh, you know, throughout the travel, like, you did talk about quite a bit of your own stories. And I, as fans of Roni Del Carmen, I think uh, a lot of us are kind of uh, just hoping and waiting for your story to oh, come on screen. screen you. And
2: I would love that. Yeah, is that something
0: we can still wish for? Or? You can still wish for it. It'll yeah. help me, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> if you
2: keep wishing for it, I'm
0: gonna want that to happen. I mean, I do want that to happen. There are a lot of incredible stories that you shared with me, that your personal stories. Yes, was, yes, I know. And, and all of them,
2: really, we weren't even drinking. Was Some of them, of them were drinking. Yeah. Some of them were just beers, yeah. you know, very light beer. Uh, these days, I'm, you know, being a, a whiskey aficionado, I can get stories out of these oh. guys. The bottle <laughs> of Sun, guy. you know, Suntory.
0: <laughs> well, again, big congratulations. Thank you very you. much. Thanks uh, for having me here. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming so on so your exciting. big Are going to come here nice. to Tonko House and talk about me?
2: Is my head any bigger? <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Ronnie, so much. It's really special to catch up as well. Thank you. you. I know. I was just like, boy, uh, you guys have been so busy. I've been seeing things online and like, okay, they're doing that. Oh, wait, and they're doing that too. And then they're doing this. Wait, how many parts of the world can they be at the same time? (laughs) You guys are all over the place. It's like there's at least three of you. (laughs)